Rashi, don't be disrespectful. That's, that's where that's... he's from, Dad. That's what he is. Well, yeah, but that's... Well, how's it disrespectful then I'm only telling you the truth? Okay, well, what are you having to eat? Um, probably nothing. I just like to call him so he shows up and I can be irreverent. Great, we've just alienated half the world. Mission half accomplished. Hi, this is Paul Dini. Hi, this is Misty Lee. Misty is off in a in a nearby in the living room here where we Hi. record, and she is uh, oh careful with that those scissors. You careful with this? What what is wrong with what I'm doing right well, now? Well, I'm just I just want you to be careful. She's she's got a big pair of scissors and she's opening a giant cardboard box because she's putting together a a, a cart of some sort, a trolley of some sort for her. Uh, Are you a flyer? No. What? We've got the swagon back here already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This no. is for your spa line, right? Yeah. A, a display, a display, it's display, display racks. No, it's an inventory rack. An inventory rack, okay. I gotta have a place to put all this crap while yeah. it's sold. Um, also, uh -huh. I have, you know what? If you had a superpower, it would be creating hor horrible scenarios that could possibly happen. What do you mean if? That's, yeah, that's, you know, that's your superpower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worry man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the little dolls that you have in South America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh -huh. I wrote a whole Batman episode about that. Uh, well, worry dolls. Um, uh, and uh, but I, I, I just want, I, you know, I'm, I'm showing concern. I want you to be careful. So. Bossy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hi, welcome to another one of these things. Hi guys, we're already fighting and we just started. Yeah, it's, it's great. That must be a new record. Um, it must be really enjoyable for our listeners listening to us bicker. Well, you know, those two guys. You know, we're lucky they. <laughs> They're, we're, we're lucky they tune in every oh. week or whenever they listen to this. What? Did you drop that on your you foot? You didn't warn me about being careful about the box. Why? Did what? you Did you cut yourself? No. Oh my God. Well, I can't. I can't worry about every little thing. Well, you sure try. Well, I sure do. So uh, here we are um, with uh, Ezra and Emily. We're having some Chinese food and we're watching a construction project in process. And no one's helping. I'm running uh, the board here. So you have tons of excuses. But no <laughs> offer of help. I'm okay, actually. Okay. I'm just shit. Well, what's in the news this week? Scotland is still Scotland. Yep. Yes, they declared their uh, dependence. Their dependence. By yes. a narrow margin. Yeah. Yes. So they will not be changing the name of the country to Haggisville. They were uh, going to change it? Yeah, to Haggisville. Oh, yeah, that's a lie. Or, uh, or Nessie, Nessietopia or something like oh, that. You make me tired. Kiltland. That's dumb. Mm. Well, Kiltland's sort of good. Nope, it's dumb. Mm. So, uh, but... They would. They were going to start their own com country, and you know they'd have to print money. They have to get health care from somewhere. Yeah, they yeah. got a pretty sweet deal being part of the United Kingdom. I understand That's there's rivalries, and they don't like the Brits, and their 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 soccer teams and rugby teams all hate each other and everything like that. But I don't know. It always seemed to me like the the uh, you know barring the William Wallace stuff was that his name William yeah, Wallace yeah. yeah. That the Brits and the Scots got along tolerably well. I mean, other than just, you know, knocking each other around for being Brits or Scots. At least it seems like they could both team up and hate the Irish. <laughs> um, that'll get me in trouble. Well, no, I don't think we have any Irish. We don't have any Irish listeners. No, we, we don't have any listeners. We don't have any listeners. That's right. Yeah. So we can say whatever we please. Except those two guys. We shouldn't insult them. No. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. 
Speaking of which, yes. uh, let's just have a moment of silence and, and well wishes for John Ch John Chadwick and Laura Kittleson. Why? What's going because on? Because they got bunny issues. So just, I'm not going to tell everybody at home. Just send them warm thoughts and happiness. Yes. That's all. That's all I want. Can Thanks, guys. Yes, we'll send good wishes down the bunny trail. Um, let's see what happened last week. <coughs> well, we had the uh, ceremony, I mean, the um, memorial for my mom. That was wonderful. That was good. I it mean, was it, wonderful. Tell them about the shaman. Well, I'll, 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 yes, I'll, I'll mention everything. Um, it's, it was good. It was, it was rather bittersweet. I, I, I told Misty about thinking about the whole thing. It was like, we have this pain where there is no pain, you know, like usually when you get hurt, you, you feel some pain and this one there's pain, but it's like, it's not, there's no sting attached to it because it's a different type of pain. It's more like a, a reflective kind of sadness that more than anything. Okay. But there was very little of that actually in evidence at the place where we had the memorial. We had it at a, at a Episcopalian church where mom and dad used to go when they um, were together and they lived up in San Francisco. And it was a place where my sister, I think my sister got married there at least once. Um, I, uh, I, I'm forgetting. I don't know. What, all, all these things are running together. It's like an, a stream of, of, of different events. But it's a very nice little church. It's on Union Street. And there were a lot of uh, friends and family there. And uh, after the ceremony, everybody had something to say. My sister read a lovely piece. She also read a poem written by our nephew Pete. Um, so awesome. Yep. My brother Steve wrote a, a letter to his infant daughters about my mom. My brother Bruce played a song. I did readings from both James Bond and Winnie the Pooh. You had to be there. It actually yeah. didn't make sense. And uh, You should tell them what you said. Well, my, my piece was about how mom was this creative... She sparked creativity in all the kids. And in my case, that began when she was reading us children's books when we were kids and it's we had when we were infants we had the little picture books and things like that but when we got older it was more chapter books and kind of classic novels like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and things like that and it one and I enjoyed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang so much that you know she caught me reading another Ian Fleming novel and so I read a little bit from Honor Majesty's Secret Service everybody was expecting me to read from Winnie the Pooh or something, Wind in the Willows or something, and I read, you know, about Bond, you know, shooting at some guy. Nice. And well, then it's whizzed by his head with the sound of a hummingbird's wings was the last thing you said. That's right. And everybody kind of, I there were a few springtime for Hitler looks in the audience, and I said, well, okay, it's not <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Springtime for Hitler looks is that even a thing? Yeah, it is the springtime <laughs> for Hitler look. That's when you're on stage and you make such a statement that people are kind of dumbfounded for a minute. Yeah. No, I get. I got it. Yeah. It was, it was just a very funny joke. But I, 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 I salvaged it by saying, well, you know, what that, it meant a lot to me that mom actually let me read the book and, and encouraged me to read novels and, and how she, how she um, fostered that spark in all of us, whatever, whatever, whether we wanted to dance or study art or do music or, or whatever. And, uh, oops. I'm just making some noise. Is that right? Yeah, right on me. Yeah, serious. <laughs> I wanted you to have the full experience. Come on up, Muggs. Oh, Muggs, oh, are you okay? See, he's having a hard time with those back legs. Well, it's also this this cover is, is a little There's slippery that, here. But he's having a hard time with those okay. back legs, so we'll take him in. All right, we'll take him in. Um, 
so that so that was good and then i i finished with a very you know heartfelt quote which was actually from winnie the pooh and it's good everybody liked it and everybody liked my brother's song and and the readings and everything and and afterwards there was a little reception for her in the courtyard and we had all contributed some photos of her from various stages of her life and then this was really interesting um she had been cremated and the uh officiate had the had the urn with her and we took the urn down to the san francisco yacht club and my brother steve is friends with a with a with a really nice uh, uh, fellow who actually has a boat down there. What's his name? Russell. Russell, that's right. I'm making that up. No, no, it was Russell. And yes. yeah, Russ. And he um, and he took us out on on his boat, and there were he had a small crew of people on the boat, and they had a big ship's bell, and we went out beyond the Golden Gate Bridge, and uh, they rang eight bells, which is a term of respect for somebody buried at sea or uh, for a, na a naval person. And as my mother was a daughter of a um, prominent admiral. rear admiral. Yeah. Um, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it sent him, you know, it was a, a, an appropriate way to send her off. And as, um, as, actually, as we left the dock and we passed this jetty out into the, the bay, there was this crazy shaman out on the jetty. And he was like... In full Indian In full, he had, he had Indian... He had he had Indian um, uh, paraphernalia on him, like the I, I forgive me, I don't know what it's called, but that sort of like that breastplate thing, you know, that that's that's like a beaded breastplate or well, the one with like a. It looked uh, like the ones wooden, with the bones, bones the wood or, or the bones yeah. going across and feathers and and uh, he was he was mostly naked and he and yeah. he had long white <laughs> hair and beard. It, he looked like a cross between. Uh, you know, an Indian shaman and an out-of-work Santa Claus, and uh, and and just this wild character who was gesticulating toward the boat, and um, and uh, almost like as if giving a blessing. And as we went out, there were all these, there were these little gray harbor seals popping up along the boat, and porpoises following in our wake, and it was almost like f fantasy. You know, wow. pelicans diving over the boat, and then Steve did the honors and scattered the ashes, and you know, we wept and prayed or well i didn't yeah. really pray but you know just all sort of stood there and threw the flowers in and it was a wonderful wonderful moment and sounds nice went back in and then we ate a lot of italian food and celebrated her memory and came home that was that and uh it's not a not bad way of going i'll tell you indeed yeah well does it beat your original request because originally you told me you wanted to be slathered in a1 sauce and thrown to the wolves well that's me that's I, when I, know, I go. That's what I'm asking you. Do you prefer what you saw there to the A1 sauce send off, or do you still prefer the A1 sauce? Send -off? Well, that was her send off. I mean, I, I I go back and forth. Part of me wants to just go off into the wilderness and and you know never be seen again. You're too you're too ostentatious to do that. No, but uh, the other part of me wants to be entombed, like I have a big mausoleum. Yeah, some big crazy visible thing. Yeah, that's more you. Yeah. So I have a tomb to rise out of and terrorize the, uh, oh, the living. Oh, please? Yeah, that's my plan. Do it. Yeah, that's my plan. Do it. My, my ideal resting place would be like, if you've ever seen the movie um, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, mm -hmm. when the grave robbers go to the, the Talbot family uh, crypt, there's this big old crypt. It's a great set, great universal horror set. And, you know, there's this big old mausoleum, and they go inside, and there's all the Talbot family members there, and Lawrence is in a big stone sarcophagus and they take the top off and they go wolf spain 
what is all this wolf's bane? Of course, you know, the idiots do it on the night of the full moon and he <laughs> rises up and kills them both. I mean, that's the way to be entombed. Yeah. So you can rise up and, you know, kill grave robbers and also anybody else who happens to wander into your line of uh, vision. So that's, uh, that's, that's the way of going. Oh, and speaking of horror movies, what? we saw Tusk this week. We went to the oh, yeah. premiere of Kevin Smith's new movie, Tusk. Indeed, and, uh, was it gross, huh? It was gross. It had some gross stuff in it. It had some gross stuff in it. So it's a proper horror movie. It's, yeah. It's a pretty good movie, actually. It's pretty good. And, wow. and it's, yeah, I was not expecting it to be good. Yeah. There are well, moments in it, there are some really shiny moments by those actors. Yeah. And yeah. There, is, there are some really, really, really funny scenes. It is nothing like anything I've ever seen before. I'm really glad I saw it. I mean, hearing a lot of people are surprised by it and and yeah. and kind of taken aback by it. Well, people well, you're are definitely going to be taken aback by it whether you like it or not. Yeah. Okay. That's, I enjoyed it a lot. Too. I I felt that there is there is a a certain rhythm to a Kevin Smith movie, which is sort of like you have to go with the flow, and and he it's almost like when you go to someone's house and they're making a big meal for you, you have to go with what's put out there and uh and you know because he's a chef he's calling the shots and everything mm -hmm. and so it is all by you know alternately funny horrifying uh at times it's like this intense character piece then it gets into bizarro land and then it gets really funny and then it's just uh, a lot of really great stuff in there the makeup wow. and the special effects the monster effects are terrific in fact well, actually, when, after the movie, I said to Kevin, "I think the box office will be good, but I think you're going to make a fortune off the monster masks yeah, from the nice. uh, walrus man, walrus creature." I guess there's no there's no point in hiding what this is about. It's about a crazy old man who lures a um, a guy to his home and then transforms him through surgery into a walrus. Yeah, I think that's pretty well understood as the yes. The... <clears throat> and Johnny Depp plays a. Uh, a, 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 a weirdo French Canadian detective who's on the trail of this. Now he's not trying to keep that under wraps that it's Johnny Depp in it. Well, uh, I think so. He, okay. He he just he. It's very obviously Johnny Depp. At the premiere, he yeah, just thanked Guy Laporte for being in the movie. Oh. Guy Laporte, and uh, which is actually the name of a famous hockey player. Okay. And um, but uh, uh, when he comes on screen, you're looking at this guy. It's like, <clears throat> who is that? Who is that? And actually, he looks an awful lot like Misty's dad. Ah. He, you know, he's got the same kind of mustache, the same, you know, a lot of the same facial features and everything. And um, but he plays kind of a a a, a cross between a less fumbly Clouseau with a bit of uh, Columbo with him, with yeah. a with an accent that is, I think, heavily in, influenced by Loopy de Loop, the old <laughs> Hanna Barbera character. Wow. But, well. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious here. I, I thought the I actually thought the character was very good, and I would love to see that character expanded into an actual detective movie. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun, and there were just a lot of little, really good horror horror moments. One of my favorite moments in the movie is this guy who he's he's a he's a podcaster from L.A. and he <laughs> is yeah right what stuff. you know yeah exactly. <laughs> But the idea is the way they set up his character. He was sort of a. He's a reprehensible ass. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's he was a. Don't tell him too much. Make him go see it. Well, he was a hit or miss stand up comic, and then he realized the way he could attract attention was by picking on people. So ah. it's and you know so they, they kind of set him up for, you know you could you could get yours. And at one point he finds this 
you know, advertisement, you know, like like what somebody would put up on a bulletin bulletin board was like, I have stories to tell. Would you like to hear them? And that leads him to this old man. So he takes the the ad, and there's this really great moment where he's talking to the guy where they first have their their confrontation. He's kind of waving the the ad around, and then you see that it's one of those ads where it has the little tags you can pick off the bottom. Oh yeah. And there are more than a few of those little tags gone. And when I saw that, I was going, I, I started grinning because I was going like, other people have gone to this guy before. And I, I can't wait to see how that pays off. And there is a payoff for that. Oh, wow. And they don't make a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never mentioned a... that anybody's else seen this guy, but you watch that one little visual clue. And then later on, it, it pays off in a rather horrific way. Wow. Okay, I'm done talking about it, other than the fact that I enjoyed it. Oh, good. So, um, so Scotland. Mom yeah. service, iPhones, movies. iPhones. Yeah. yeah. Did you get one? No. You got one? No. All right. Why? <laughs> yeah, I more trouble wait. than they're worth. Too expensive. Well, just, just a, a bother. Yeah, I usually wait at least till you know they get through all the kinks and bugs and everything, and I need to make sure that my phone isn't working anymore because I'm not just going to trade in a working phone. My phone doesn't work anymore. No. I don't. I mean it. it I can get texts on it. I can get yeah. download email and everything like that. But every time somebody calls me on it, and, and it might be my phone service, it's like, hello, like tonight it was, I was talking to Misty. And it's like, hello, hi. And then it's like, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm talking. We can't, we can't hear each other on the phone. Nobody who calls me on that phone can hear me. Wow. And I'm not sure. Is it, what, what's wrong? Am I too close to another device? It would be interrupting the signal. Some, something's obviously wrong with the mic. I guess so. No, yeah. it's not the mic. No. It's the reception. We have oh, AT&T yeah. and the reception is just... Because oh. you had that on your phone, right, Miss? AT&T is pretty bad over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and and I, I put out notices to my... This is this is like the curse of the cell phone is because it makes it so easy to, for people to just reach in their pocket, pull it out, hit a number, and then talk to somebody, in theory. Yeah. So my agents call me only on the cell phone, and I wind up just screaming because I can't hear them. And every one of my relatives, and I say, please call me on the landline. And they go mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't have your landline programmed into my phone, so I'll just call you on this. And when you don't, when when you can't hear me, hang up and then call me back on your landline. And, <laughs> and people are just stunned that I still have a landline. But with service so bad, you need it. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, what do you make of those watches? The iWatch? Yeah. Um, I think it's... Uh, for only the rich people who want to spend more money on Apple, because from what I understand, you need the iPhone and the iWatch in order for it to work. Really? And the iWatch is already three hundred dollars or so. Yeah. So that you're essentially paying eight to thousand dollars for an iPhone iWatch combo. I don't. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like the look of the thing. I mean, if it looked like, I mean, is it at least like Dick Tracy's two-way? Television no, it's not something. even the two-way television. That's mm. what's disappointing. I'm sure you can FaceTime on it, but it's probably not as good. Now, isn't that like you'd have to be like poking at it all the time? Like it's over here and you have to poke at it? I assume so. I assume it's touch. I mean, it's like a touch. Right? Okay, you hold yeah. up your wrist, yeah. and then you have to go doink, 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 doink. Uh-huh. And you know who you wind up looking like? Electra Woman. Oh, nice. Electra Woman and Dyna Girl. Remember, in order yeah. to activate their powers, they had to go bing, 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 yeah. bing, 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 bing. It was like the... the the corniest thing in the world. These, 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 these two girls in outrageous outfits, and all their power was on this band. 
mm-hmm. they couldn't will it to work like Green Lantern. Like Green Lantern's got the coolest because all he has to do is just will it and it goes. Yeah. They actually had to go boink, 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 yeah, boink, yeah. boink. So boink. if one hand was tied up, they're screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how? And the other thing is, how? How 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 for the life of do you do you use a touch screen when you're wearing a big old clunky gloves or gauntlets or anything? You'd be touching the whole thing, and yeah. the, the dots are that big. I can never figure that out. I need some fingerless gloves for this doohickey. Yeah, I can never figure that out in in comics. I mean, one time I had a, a, an interview with a guy over at at, at 20th Century Fox. They were going to do a Fantastic Four movie. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, they brought me in to sort of pitch ideas, and they said, and this executive, who was nowhere near the actual creative people who were going to make the movie, said, no. I just can't get beyond the costumes. Why do they have to wear the costumes? And I thought, that's a dumb question. Then I thought about it, like, why do they wear those costumes? Every time, in reading the Jack Kirby book, every time you saw them around the, 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 the Baxter building, they were always in costume. Mm-hmm. Like nothing was happening then. Now, I mean, Reed's there smoking a pipe. He's working in the lab, and he's wearing that dumb costume, and he's still trying to operate with those big old clunky gloves. And I don't know how the thing manages it because he's just got bricks for hands and everything. Yeah, the thing has it the toughest because all he has is shorts, really, and his costume. Yeah, yeah. But ben, uh, Grimm, please pick up the orange courtesy phone gently. Yeah. <laughs> um, what always I, killed me was like when you'd see Sue. You know, it, like she'd be wearing a uniform, the complete uniform, mm-hmm. with an apron over it. Yeah. That makes no sense at all. Well, and if she turns invisible, will just the apron be visible then? Unless it's made out of unstable molecules. Yeah, that's why they wear them ultimately, is unstable molecules, so they can burst into flames or stretch at a moment's notice. Because I assume Mr. Fantastic, if he's just sitting around in regular clothes, he goes to stretch and, like, he's practically naked to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I mean, they, they, they came up with some hokey reason. Like, I can never understand how Iron Man walks around in that suit. Yeah. They said it's like a mesh armor. Mesh? What is that? Are each piece, like, they have batteries or power supplies for each section? Because they all seem to power independently. I, you know, I don't know. I, the, the big success of the Marvel movies is that they just say, this is what it is, believe in it. Yeah, and they are. You know, okay, the suit works. You, you get it in this big old suit, mm-hmm. it works. You can always tell, though, in the movies, like when... Robert Downey Jr., who must be rail thin and and you know yeah. very very well built, very you know it doesn't look like there's an ounce of meat on him. Every time they actually have to put him in the suit, he's suddenly like <laughs> like walking like this, and then when he goes into action, it's CGI, and then suddenly he's, all the movements are really smooth and everything because yeah. you can't wear anything wear wear something like that and not look like. A big old, you know, knight in a suit and of armor. we've come a long way with that kind of technology. Look at Batman in the first Tim yeah. Burton movie where he's turning his whole body to look out the plane window. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Super suits don't make sense. Spider-Man kind of does make sense because it looks like... What are those Japanese suits they wear? Like the like the one like the neon colored... Like those suits or the... No, like the, they... Like in Japan they have like the... It's almost like these one-piece body stockings. Hentai suits. suits. That's it. I think that's huh. it. Not familiar. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I mean that, uh, that's kind of like Spider-Man, but this the other super, you know, Superman. You know, what, yeah, he still go to he goes to work where that shit underneath is. Is that a cape? Yeah, yeah. Where are you stuffing the cape? 
Like it's gonna stick out. I have problems with my undershirt sticking out sometimes. It's cape will stick out all, everywhere. You know, in the in the seventies and eighties when they had to justify this stuff or felt they had to, uh -huh. they kept saying, "Well, you know, he's able to crush the molecules of the costume down to such a degree that it doesn't really." Blah, blah, blah. That's well, that's what the Flash does. He compresses all the molecules of his suit into the ring. Yeah. And then just changes real quick. At least it has a compartment to hide it, and he's not wearing it all the time. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's these are wildly, you know. It's just, well, and how does Batman change? Yeah, you know, he goes into the limousine, you know, mm -hmm. and the light comes on, and then suddenly, you know, it's Bruce Wayne. The bat signal's on. The window rolls up, and then the buy is that you have to say the door opens three minutes later, and Batman leaps out, and yeah. you know, you can't change it. What's Freaking suit like that in the back of a car. I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's got to be tough. I don't care who you are. You know, what, what you don't see in the three minutes is Alfred drives to a hotel that Bruce owns. He goes upstairs. He's got a bunch of helpers who help him into the suit. And then he goes back to the car. And <laughs> Otherwise, he's like hopping out of that suit trying to put on that last boot. He's like... Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, Joker has it all over Batman. All he does is yeah. put on a suit and goes out there. And it's like, yep. you know, no, I, I don't need to... Look at... This is my face. I'm showing it to everybody. I don't care. <laughs> You know, it's Batman. I got to wait for him to change. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Do, 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 do. Hurry up. Anytime you're ready. And I, I never bought it. Green Lantern, I can kind of buy. Okay, the ring does it. Yeah. You know, if, if you could change, uh, Captain Marvel's the best. Shazam. Boom. Okay, yep. magic. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. The way to do it. Wonder Woman spins around. Boom. Yeah. Even though I don't that was understand a necessarily how that works, but I'm fine with it. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, she's just changing in front of our eyes, naked. We don't even know it because she's so fast. She well, that was her outfit off because she runs around in her underpants. Yeah, that was always a conceit of the TV show that it did that by spinning. It sort of activated some sort of magic from the gods and mm. transformed her in, and like like with Captain Marvel or but Thor. Thor just hits a stick down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really easy, and you know, when you actually have to stop and get out of the suit. I mean, poor Harley Quinn's got to, you know, make her face up and put on the makeup and get in that suit. Yeah, that's tough for her. Stuff like that. So, although I guess they change it now, so the Joker, Joker dyed her skin permanently oh, white yeah. or something like that. So, so she can never be normal. Again. Is her hair permanently dyed now too? Then? Oh, or? who knows? I don't okay. know. Right now. Permanently well, you know, Poison Ivy, yeah. they changed her so that her skin was green all the time. And then they decided, you know, these things happen, you know. The continuity changes so quick in that. Yes, I'm saying right now. They can't even decide which Merlin they're using. Right Batgirl's in a wheelchair for a while. Now she's not, you know, the yeah, characters, characters get changed all the time. I was reading an article today, the, the Merlin character that's in uh, Green Arrow. Uh, they have both the character that's introduced in the TV show and the one that they usually have as Merlin. And they aren't remedying or justifying why they're both around. <laughs> well, don't they do that with Black Canary? Like they gave her like a certain, like a different name for Arrow, and then mm -hmm, she's Black yeah. Canary, but she's not Dinah Lance. She's like Laurel Lance yeah, or something she's like Laurel that. Laurel Dinah Lance. Yeah, they're yeah. doing the same thing with Poison Ivy in Gotham. You know, her mm -hmm. name's Ivy Pepper. And it's like going to explain that it's Pamela Isley. Yeah, but I, I think what they're doing is, I, I mean, I from what little I read about it was they're making her an orphan, so maybe she's adopted by people who give her another name. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. It just it's um, it's a it, it's a mystery to me all this stuff. So looking forward to the uh, Gotham pilot. Uh, uh, yeah, much as anything else. What is it? Yeah. Monday. I think so. It's coming very soon, yeah. You know, it, it's like there's so much stuff out there that I just don't want. I, I'd like to watch Game of Thrones someday. Everybody oh. I know raves about it. I've never yeah, seen it. Show. 
because I've gotten out of the TV mode almost entirely. I'm interested in the Flash. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Um, but there's, I just don't know when things are on anymore. Oh. One of the things. And I know they haven't published in this form in 20 years, but one of the things I really loved was TV Guide. I used to look mm -hmm. forward every Thursday yeah. when TV Guide, this nice little thin brick of a magazine would come. I really miss that. I miss TV Guide, and you could pick it up at the store. And and then, especially when it was the small digest size, because there was a while where it was the big magazine form. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I loved it when you could get it in that form. It was small, it was square, mm -hmm. and... And then when they went around this time of the year, they'd have the fall preview, and it was like a big deal because they had the cast photo, and yep. they and told you the only place you could find it. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then they would have like the yellow pages at the beginning, which had all the news and mm. the back. Cheers I guess, and jeers. Yes, yes. Yeah. They used to have. Uh, this is going way far back. They used to have a a review uh, column, a review page, where the the uh, reviewer would. And it was a pretty good reviewer. And I'm forgetting who did it. It might have been Vincent Canby. I don't. I don't remember. But it was whoever was, or Rex Reed or something. I, I'm really mm -hmm. blanking on it. But I do remember for a brief time when I was a kid, they ran a review that had a, a Hirschfeld illustration of the cast on it. Oh wow! And to me, that was really classy. Was it whatever show it was, there it would have um, an illustration like of a Hirschfeld mash. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Wow. And. I actually have a Hirschfeld from one of those, and it's Ooh. the Avengers. Oh wow! Yeah, Diana nice. Rigg and, yeah. and Patrick McNee, and it is kick-ass. It's really yeah. great seeing him draw those characters. Yeah, probably in storage somewhere. Um, but it was really, you know, it was one of those things I looked forward to every week, and I would sit down and read it, and I would dog ear the pages so I, I would know what's on there. But I guess it's like you know with. Now that you can get all that information online or on the TV box itself, everybody yeah. figures, oh, we don't need this anymore. Yeah, every bit of news comes out as soon as somebody finds it and it gets posted online. And that's yeah, there's going to be apparently there's going to be a Supergirl TV show. Yeah. They announced that today. If we were in the days of TV Guide, you wouldn't find out about that for about seven or eight days until yeah. the new issue or, came or out. Or even till like it was getting close to the premiere because they would have held off on that information because yeah. it's not important yet. Yeah, yeah. So... It, yeah, media has just become this voracious appetite now type thing. I, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things. Every You get used to something, and it's fun, and it's funky, and it doesn't really need to exist. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I'm disappointed when they phase things out that you've gotten used to because yeah. why? You know, it does it, it, it harms yeah. nobody by keeping it around. Well, it still exists. Again. It's a magazine. You yeah. get out of the, 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 the store. But the, it's not nearly what it used to no. be. It has the, maybe a... 22nd of the information that used to be in it. Yeah. I know I see it every once in a while because they, they bring out special like Comic-Con issues or mm -hmm. something like that. But those are magazines in and of themselves. There's never any TV guide listings in those. No, no. But the... Uh, so, yeah, I'll check out Gotham, at least the first few uh, episodes of it, Flash, all those things. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it really takes an effort for me to sit down and watch TV. The thing I've been really loving this last week is this uh, series on the Roosevelts. The, oh? Yeah, PBS, Ken Burns documentary oh, nice. about uh, the Roosevelt family. I heard that was good, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of an examination of Teddy Roosevelt, um, FDR, and Eleanor Roosevelt, and how their lives all intersect, and things mm, like that. Very cool. I knew a lot about Teddy Roosevelt. I didn't know as much about Franklin. And mm. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, 
I, I didn't really know like if they had ever met, but it turns out because I'd always heard that FDR was a distant cousin to TR. Yeah. He was, but they were very, but they were still pretty but close. Roosevelt, and he they all knew each other. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and he counseled Franklin in his in his early days, as in, in, uh, and Franklin tried to model himself after TR and stuff That's like that. Very nice. So yeah. Um, well, it is and it isn't because Franklin kind of lost his sense of identity. And yeah. Became kind of twat. Not my favorite president. Is no. that displayed in the uh, documentary too, yeah. or is that your per- personal opinion? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was my opinion, and it's still my opinion, and but Ken Burns corroborates my opinion. Yeah, and TR kind of fell off in your opinion for um, his uh, hunting and everything. Oh, yeah, he was kind he of... He wasn't just animals, though. He killed a lot of people. Well, yeah, he did do that. Just like the world's da- like the most dangerous game a lot of people? Like, run. Well, <laughs> well no, charging yeah. up San Juan Hill. That and, I would have been uh, okay with. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Well, he was into like the glory of, of battle and everything like that, you know, glory for glory. He was like a rich man who, you know, he, to him, I, I, it was great. It was great sport, I'm sure, you know, yeah. a great indulgence. And he had, you know, great passions and he had a great, and I think he had a legitimate passion for the well-being of the country and for, for people in a very patrician sort of noblesse oblige type of, type of way. But it's like he was... You know, definitely kind of a flawed individual, over the top, and you know, many, many different contrasts and everything. But still, I'd take him again if he came back. Yeah. Well, they were saying that he really screwed himself. Um, yeah. Because he announced back when he was president, he could have run for a third term. Mm-hmm. That that law wasn't yeah. in place yet, and yeah. he said, "I will not." And everyone around him was like, because oh, he was so beloved and he had so much going on at that time. He was making so many wonderful changes with the national parks and everything else mm-hmm. that he was up to. Yeah. And uh, everyone around him was like, what? Yeah, and soon and thereafter. He was just so excited, he got carried away, and then he was like, why did I do Why did I do that? Why did I do that? It's really interesting. Because he tried to be president again, and they wouldn't have him. You know, he wanted. No, FDR had, was the one. Yeah, he, he has the ten years. Right? I was trying to think of like who who, who my, my American history like somebody which, came in halfway through a term Teddy and then did Teddy two. came in uh, McKinley when McKinley died. I think uh, he finished off McKinley's term by two or three years. So I yeah. think TR was president. Ten years. Yeah, he was ten seven. years was the most I believe. Yeah, he. I think he was about seven years. Okay. And then he ran again at the end after he after he uh, was appointed president, and then he won easily. And then he could have easily had a term after that, but then he gave it up to you know because he didn't want to appear to be a politician, but yeah. he was. And then he went off to Africa and shot everything he could, most of which wound up the Museum of Natural History. And um, then he went to. And then he tried getting back. And then he started bossing around Taft, who was sort of like his boy. He, like Taft came in after him as president, mm-hmm. and he thought Taft was going to continue um, his policies. And I think that um, Taft was like, "My policy for you is my middle finger." Yeah, <laughs> and so they had all sorts of um, fights. Uh, one comedian—I forget the comedian who said it—but they always said, "Have you ever noticed that Taft is always the name for the worst hotel in any city you go to?" It's like, yeah. <laughs> Taft is always a name of a crummy hotel. And he wasn't all that great a president either. And after Taft, who did we get? It was uh, uh, Wilson. Mm, then Wilson yeah. through World War One, and then Coolidge and Coolidge, and then Hoover. I know those guys were pretty close. Coolidge, yeah. Calvin Coolidge, then Hoover, then FDR, 
Then Truman, then Eisenhower, then Kennedy. I think. Johnson. Nixie. <laughs> uh, Did you say Mixie? Nixie. I thought you said Mixie, like Mr. Mixie. Yeah. He would have been better. <laughs> Mixie's Pitalik would have been better. He would have been more inter interesting or more if entertaining. You record, if you record his name backwards, he disappears. Oh, if only Nixon could. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that easy to get rid of him. Uh, yeah, but that... I think that I think that my history is correct. I, I'm I may be stumbling over Coolidge and, and Hoover. I know they were around those that time, um, but it, I, I felt it was very interesting and and uh, fascinating portrait, and uh, certainly a lot better than the dynasties we've had lately, such mm. as the Bushes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking ahead. It's like who is is it going to be Hillary versus Romney again? Sure looks like it. Romney sniffing around. Romney's sniffing around. Romney's ready for another comeback, and um, and I swear to God, I, I knew he was going to try it again. Mm. I knew that uh, what's his name, uh, 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 um, idiot in Texas was going to try it again. What's his name? Uh, uh, Paul Rick Perry was Rick it Perry? Perry. Perry. Oh, I knew that Perry was going to try it again, and and then he got arrested. Oh. Isn't he the governor of, of Texas or something like that? Or I, I don't was recall. He he. That's Oliver North. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall. But he had to go to jail, or he had to be. <laughs> but I still think he's going to try. I still think he's going to say, you know, say whatever prayers he has to do and go for whatever photo ops he has to go through. I think he's going to try and 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 get it, you know. Uh, but he's I don't know. Texas left to secede. Apparently. Uh, now the rest of the U.S. has looked at Scotland, and even though it didn't work, they all say, "Yeah, we want to secede. Yeah, we don't want to Bye, be." Bye, Florida. Bye, Florida. <laughs> they can appoint Florida man president for life. Oh my go. God! Florida man. Did you guys read about that guy on my Facebook wall? That was insane. Which the, one? This guy got naked, a carny, <laughs> naked. They, this couple's in their house. They hear what sounded like thunder on their roof. So the husband goes outside. There's a naked, long-haired, 22-year-old guy creeping around on their roof. And he goes, get down from there. The guy jumps on him, punches him in the shoulder, and knocks him down on the ground. Then he runs in the house, pulls their TV off the console, throws it on the floor, and it just shatters everywhere. Opens up their vacuum, drinks the vacuum contents of the water out of it, spits it all over their living room, shits, runs into another room, shits again, comes back into the living room and masturbates. Crying. And then the cops got there. And then the cops got there. They, they he were had watching, had actually. a very busy day. Indeed. I wow. was laughing so hard <laughs> when I read this story, and it's it's so ridiculous. He drank the contents of their vacuum. At, at first, Why? I was like, what? I guess it has to be a, a wet vac type thing. Yeah, yeah, it must have been like one of those rainbow things. But it's like, what are you doing there, buddy? What are you doing that for, huh? No. Don't need to do that. I'm Make angry. I'm angry at Florida. What are you angry at Florida for? I'm I feel, angry at Florida. I feel personally betrayed by the state of Florida. What? Why? Because when I was a kid, I always kind of liked the idea of Florida. It was always sort of like an idyllic place that I sort of wanted to go to Is and it visit. Disneyland? No, before that, Flipper. Right. Oh, Flipper. 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 Right. And James Bond movies. Yeah. You know, it was like uh, in... Um, there's that scene in, in the beginning of Goldfinger, which shows the Fountain Blue Hotel. It's very glamorous and everything like that. And then you would see, then I so I thought, oh, that's really cool. All the beaches are really great, and they have 
wonderful resorts. And then I would see pictures, old pictures of people out on boats fishing. And I think my dad went down there fishing once, you know, when he was a young man. And, you know, all these great sailfish and, and the sport fishing is really terrific. And then I'd watch shows like Flipper and there are dolphins everywhere. And you can take airboats around and there are alligators and crocodiles and, and great marine life and everything. And I thought Florida was this kind of blissful place like that. And up... Toward the north, you had the Okefenokee Swamp, which was all dark and cool. And then all the rural types were like the family and the yearling, which I had read. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, there are little farms and friendly deer and animals and everything. And it's just this really interesting place. And down the southern tip, it's all nice and resorty. And the people are nice and there's lots of oranges. And mm -hmm. and then there, right in the middle, there's Walt Disney wel welcoming you to his, you know, big big thing and then i discover it's really scuzzy and awful and flat and hot and marshy and everybody there's on the meth and and bugs. on the meth and the bugs the size of uh, the bugs. can we not talk about the flying cockroaches in florida mm -hmm. and everybody's kind of broken and awful and hurt and wounded and and, and animals will jump in your hair if you walk underneath and, and nothing is you know remember that day anybody yeah yeah i remember fucking Florida. Let's cut it off the country and let it float out to sea. Like Bugs Bunny said, South America, take it away. <laughs> he did He did that in a cartoon. He, he got sawed pissed off, off in Florida and he sawed it off. Yeah. He let it float off the ocean. Oh my god, I really am Bugs Bunny. All he, and all he needed was a saw. Yeah. He just took one saw and he just went, shh, 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 and then South god. America, take it away. Here's something interesting. Yeah. If any of you who are listening to this knows, uh, knows any of this, I've been working with Jennifer, who's been making my spa stuff. I'm getting ready to launch a magic spa line. It's not done, but it's getting close. And I was talking to the woman who's been making this, and she said, your husband's in animation, right? And I said, yeah, kind of. And I started laughing, because it's such a huge part of our life. And she goes, my grandpa was in animation. She goes, have you ever heard of Bugs Hardaway? And I said, the guy who created Bugs Bunny? Yeah. And she goes, yeah. Her name's Jennifer Hardaway. It's uh, her friggin' grandpa. Wow. And she said, I never had a chance to meet him, but he died in my kitchen. She's got their house. You know, oh, like yeah. she, it's been left uh -huh. to her in the family. And, uh, and she said, so if anybody knows of a Bugs Hardaway story, please send it to me because she never got to know anything about her grandpa's oh. professional life. Oh, wow. And she wants to know him. I did write Jerry Beck about that. And yeah, he, I wrote Mark, too, and I haven't heard back. Jerry was on his way up to a, a, a film festival in, in Canada, and he said that... He did not really know much about Bugs himself, but he recommended me to somebody else. I'll have to check the message. He, it might either be John Canemaker or Michael Barrier, and both of those guys would probably know something about Do you know them? I think I've met both of them, yeah. Okay. I think I've met well, them both over at Gordon Kent's house. What? Okay. Um, well, yeah. I would yeah. just like to get Jennifer some stories about her grandpa. We Let me get a bunch of people on the show who's met him or whatever. That would be cool to do a whole Bugs Hardaway show. They're still alive. Yeah. I mean, he died in the 60s. Yeah. No, no, like 54. He did oh, wow. He died in 54? Something. It was pretty early. I yeah. thought he died in the, in the early 60s. No, I, I checked. Uh, I, I did a um, um, I know it was before Jen was born. Yeah. She's young, so. It was like 53, 54 around then. He was, he was pretty young. Yeah, he was. So. so she never knew him, so... If you guys can help unlock the Bugs Hardaway mystery, let us know. He, they, they were using this rabbit in, in a couple of cartoons, and I think Bugs had either refined the design or he was working on a picture with him. And I think Virgil Ross did the design and wrote on it, Bugs as Bunny. He did. And then it was like, okay, oh, that's a great name for the character, Bugs Bunny. So they, uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, because Bugs Hardaway. And I just think it's so interesting how our worlds continue to intertwine. 
Like, yeah. I'm launching a spa line, and it just so happens that the chick's grandpa, you know, like, our worlds are so braided, it's crazy. Well, it's Los Angeles, you know, you have creative people from all over who, who are here, and it's sort of kinetic, you know, you can find somebody who works in uh, stunt, you know, for just for instance, and in stunt work, and of course, they they doubled for this actor, and then you wind up with that actor someplace else, and... You start working with Jonathan Pendrag, and you find out he's the guy who did the backflips up the aisle in the yeah. Brothers, Yeah. Like, oh my god, mm -hmm. I know that guy? Everybody that's knows nice. everybody else, you know. It's like uh, that's how Kevin got Johnny Depp for for Tusk. Mm -hmm. Their their daughters go to the same school and are friends. So it's like pretty interesting. Everything is interconnected. It all works out. Oh, and Misty finished her jail. No, oh, wait. Is it quite finished? I need to go get a seven sixteenth uh, ratchet and tighten it. There's a lot of no, metal it's really great. Hanging. I know it does. I did a good job. And when it's empty, it folds up by itself. It's a little cart don't, that puts all our stuff on. Up. You have to fold it and store it. I mean, like a like a folding ladder, like a little folding the ladder thing, we have. It goes, and all the shelves go flat, 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 and you can slide it. Have in. you tried it yet, well, or is it going to fall apart? It would fall apart right now because oh. the, the bolts aren't tight. I okay. Gotta get, like I said, I got to get a wrench. I'll be right back. Okay. 716's ratchet and a wrench. While Misty is off getting a tool, I will endeavor to entertain you in my own inimitable fashion with a song. I'm taking requests. You got a request, Muggsy? No, I, the request to leave the room is not valid. I will not leave the room. Anybody? Ukulele lady. No, okay, oh, all right. On, no, okay. we won't do that. All right, okay, no uh, song. No okay. Song. Um, let's see, what else? Anything else entertaining or amusing that we can, or scandalous that we can talk about here? Hmm. Mm. Scandalous, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Florida man thing has really become big because there's always some guy popping off in Florida, going crazy, you know, just mm -hmm. going banana wacky and just... Uh, just crazy and out, out of... It's the heat. It must be the heat. You know, you, you walk around wearing nothing but, uh, you know, big old, you know, Joe Boxer shorts and mm -hmm. flip-flops. And, I don't know, maybe you drink to take the edge off of everything and or wash down some... Uh, it's, it's such a melting chemicals. pot of different cultures and ideas and, like, old people wearing things from the 50s and then drag queens and then young hip Cubans and everything is there. Well, it's also like, what is there to do there other than be retired? Now, if you're, if you're a farmer and you raise, or a rancher and you raise oranges, then mm -hmm. you do that. If you raise, geez, I don't even know what kind of livestock they have. I actually think they're big in cattle ranching down there. I really? I read somewhere that Florida does not have an unsubstantial amount of, of cattle ranches and things like they that. They don't all get eaten by alligators or sink in the swamp, huh? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, there are no hills. There's no mountains down there or anything. True. It's it's pretty flat. It's um, other than, you know, provide recreation for the Disney or Universal parks. You know, what is there to do? I know religion is big down there. There are mm -hmm. a lot of churches and... and Things like that, it's and like religion uh, and like rec recreation, <laughs> right? And there's racing there, there mm, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is like, um, where's it, Daytona or something yeah. like that? There, so there's racing. So there's the NASCAR. There's the the NASCAR. There's what the. Here? I leave. I come back and you age twenty years. Yes, right. The NASCAR. Oh, you're no. And there's football. The there's the Dolphins, mm -hmm. the Buccaneers, and the Jaguars. Hey, it's talking like a pirate day. 
Oh yeah. Is it is it pirate day today? Yes, it, it is. Arr. When? Today or yesterday? Today. Today. Arr. 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 Oh. Buccaneers. Uh, what's a what's a Pirates Fair TV show? What? ER. ER. Uh, I'm asked me hearties. Why are we here and not uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, because indeed. Disneyland is a candy colored sea of the locust. Yeah, you're right about that. Candy colored sea of the locust. Day of the locust. Oh, day of the locust. Day of the locust. I always, I always compared. I, I always, I always, uh, I, 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 I used to call Comic Con a four color day of the locust. <laughs> and one of the things I've always wanted to put in Comic Con, and very few people would get this Come unless on. you've read Day of the Locust, is have a guy in a Homer Simpson costume being carried away by the crowd and trampled. Oh wow! And have you ever read Day of the Locust? Yeah. <laughs> you know the lead character's name is Homer Simpson, yeah. and he gets trampled by the crowd at the end. And I always thought that was weird, you know, when it's like, I'm Homer Simpson. It's like, <laughs> the guy from Day of the Locust? But now nobody knows Day of the Locust, or they, they won't associate you. They, they won't, kids in high school reading that will read about Homer Simpson, and they'll go, where's Bart and, and Lisa? Well, it's like watching Troll 2, the movie, and go, Harry Potter's the star of this? This is crazy. Exactly. Jennifer Aniston starred in uh, Leprechaun. Yeah, Leprechaun. yeah, she yeah. did. Ow! Did you hurt yourself? No. Oh. She wishes she did. Yeah, it's a it's a well you know a name that sort of translates from you know one to another. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. But I was like Nathaniel West, very you know kind of moody but really wonderful writer. Mm -hmm. Liked his stuff a lot. Day of the Locust and Miss Lonely Hearts, I guess, are two of his better known things. Let's see what else. What have you been reading lately? Have you been reading anything? Uh, actually, I just started reading uh, Monuments Men. How do you like uh, it? Well, I watched the movie and I was fascinated by it. Uh -huh. You know, it wasn't the best made movie or anything, but it was really fun and interesting. Uh huh. And um, I started uh, pulling out the uh, book and checking it out, and it, it is an unbelievable thing what happened. What what soldiers did to try to rescue this art yeah. and the fact that so much of it was still lost despite yeah. how much they saved yeah yeah There's stuff that we'll never see again i know i know just it, unbelievable uh, unbelievable treasures just yeah. just vanished and they might be in someone's collection or they might yeah, have that's been sequestered the thing, away or something like that it's to the point where they don't know if it burned or got destroyed or it's just got missing in somebody's random collection yeah and they don't even know they have it so much stuff that was just bombed out of existence during, mm -hmm. during the war. Yeah, like uh, the Last Supper we nearly lost. They like put it up with barricades to keep the wall stable so it didn't get mm -hmm. destroyed. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, there was this... About a year ago, I discovered this really interesting story about natural history. And uh, that there was a museum somewhere... I guess it was in Prague, mm -hmm. and um, they found, and it, wherever it was, it had been badly damaged during World War II, and a lot of stuff had just been sort of, the stuff that had survived had just been shuffled off into storage and never looked at, or, or a lot of it had been archived, and you know, just like, okay, this stuff survived, let's stick it in a garage somewhere. And they yeah. were going through the stuff recently, and they found beautifully preserved in alcohol so it wouldn't rot like four thylacine em embryos wow with harvestable dna 
Wow. And that was all preserved in alcohol around 1907 or something. And it was just sitting there, and it's been lost for years, and they rediscovered it. And they realized, hey, you know what? We could probably do some gene splicing with this and bring back the Tasmanian tiger. And uh, it was kind of, it's kind of a miracle find, so they're experimenting with it now. So. Oh, that's fascinating. But that was something that was just, it was lost forever during, during the war, and nobody knew it existed. And it's mm -hmm. a lot, because it was from 1907 or 1910, it's a lot fresher than the other genetic material they were trying to use, which was from several years before that. So, I don't know, it's interesting. So, uh, it's fascinating. It's really exciting. I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been reading a lot about how they're trying to bring back extinct animals, and I think the one they're going to do first is the auroch, the uh, the primitive um, bull. Oh, Why? okay. Why are they choosing that one? Because that's the one that's closest to an existent species today, and what, they what have species? of cattle. They okay. could actually, and that's not through gene splicing. I think it's through selective breeding. They're able to sort of breed the auroch back. Or something very close to it. I don't know. Hmm. Come on. But I know that that's they're they're you know trying with stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe we might get woolly mammoths back again yet. Yeah. Or dodos. I don't want those. What woolly mammoths? Yeah. Hi. Who, they're what, nice. What's wrong with a fuzzy elephant? Yeah. They're huge. Who wants them? So elephants? Yeah. Well, there's nothing happening in Siberia. They're home. They can just sequester them. Take a thousand miles of Siberia and let them run around. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of stretches of cold, snowy areas that we aren't populating. Well, yeah, in, in Russia, in fact, for a long time, they, they claim, Russian hunters claim they were still running around up there. Wow. They are. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, uh, it, was, it was sort of like a, a rural myth, I think. And they must have, Russia is so paranoid and everything, they must have mapped, as soon as they could, they must have mapped every inch of Siberia, you know, for strategic use or something. And there was actually something floating around on the internet of, of grainy footage of uh, uh, a mammoth crossing a river that somebody had allegedly photographed. And you can oh, tell wow. that's like Photoshop. <laughs> it's like, it's so easy to Photoshop monsters now and make yeah. them look like they, they really are in the in the shot. Although I did hear they're, uh, they were doing another uh, a study of a uh, colossal squid recently that was caught six or seven months back. Yeah, they kept it in uh, good condition. They're considering uh, displaying it down there in uh, Australia. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've only begun to scratch the surface. What's under the water? And I'm sure there. Oh yeah. Squids many times bigger than that. Just yeah, colossal yeah. squid is possibly just a medium-sized one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think those things actually die unless something kills them. I think. There are certain animals, like maybe squid, and I, I know shark, that just live until something kills them. Mm -hmm. And the stuff is like hundreds of years old. Lobsters, you can, they've pulled lobsters out of the water that are 300 years old that just yeah. get bigger and bigger and bigger simply because, you know, they don't have diseases or, or they've managed to stay healthy all that time. So, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Well, anything else to discuss? Sweetheart? Nope. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Um, um, what are you looking at me like that for? What do I have? I don't know. I just wondered if there was anything. Squirrel you... Girl's on Sunday. Squirrel Girl. That's right. Woo! Finally, Finally, we can talk about Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Misty yeah. Lee is Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I'm so excited. Everybody says. You've already heard her. Yeah, but I want to see the finished I product. I hate her voice. 
Oh, Guys, it's just the internet. If you like the voice, please log on and tell Marvel because people are just hating, hating the voice that we chose for her. All I think people, it's really great. Yeah, I, I think it. it sounds fantastic. I'm I think it's very suitable. Guys like it because people online just really are. Well, you know, they a lot of times they don't know. You know, they have to of one All opinion. Chat clear. That's the bottom yeah. line. Yes, that's right. So First everyone time online. she's technically talking in a cartoon ever, and it got to be me. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. And uh, the check cleared. So those there you two go. things alone are win-win. Yep. So if haters going to hate, as long as they spell my name right. Well, everyone online, go on and uh, email your local Marvel representative. Yeah. And Do we have local Marvel representatives? Yeah, your know. friendly neighborhood yeah. Marvel person. Yeah. yeah. Friendly yeah. neighborhood. Let them know. <laughs> That's Squirrel Girl kind of co-ops that. Um, <laughs> But people have been saying to me, have said to me over the years, oh, so you married Zatanna, huh? It's like, now I can say, no, I'm <laughs> also married to Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I think that's a better uh, uh, and Aunt boast May, there. Which, yeah. <laughs> and Aunt May, yeah. Bit of that's a, weird. Bit of a buzzkill, <laughs> but uh, it's like Squirrel Girl, Zatanna. It's funny. I was talking to Peter about that. When, uh, when Paul was out with his brothers and his sister scattering his mom's ashes, I had his sister's son with me in the car, and I said, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to go over the bridge. And I said, okay. So we got in the car. We went over the Golden Gate Bridge. And while we were doing that, I was talking about being on Spider-Man. And he goes, so you have two nephews named Peter. Yeah, that's I said, true. yes, I guess I do. It was very <laughs> cute. He was very funny about it. Yeah. He was very proud. Peter, Paul, and Misty. Oh, there you go. Huh? <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Misty. Oh, yes. Oh, what have I done? I just oh. put my shoe right through my skirt. Oh, Lord. A little weird. Okay. Now, did you use all the uh, parts in this? I did not. There's like 30 over here behind me. Are those oh. extra or are those non-essentials? Wait, what did you say? Did you use all the pieces? Because sometimes, you know, like when you put a bicycle... No, they gave me two extra pieces, but I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm all right. It's going to be okay. I just got to tighten it down. It's like when dads build a bike for a kid on Christmas. <laughs> right, but the difference is moms read instructions. Yeah. So that you, you wind up with half a bike that hasn't been a... You know, it's like... One of these spirit. Uh, the kid's probably not gonna use yeah. them. The kid goes out to try the bike out and it falls apart. It's just chain. There's no brake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. One of my one of the favorite things I ever wrote. I used to. Uh, we've written. Uh, Misty and I have both written a little bit here and there for the Simpsons comics, and, mm -hmm. and once oh, we right, did. I forgot we did that. Yeah, and, and once for one of their holiday issues. <laughs> this thing, I really like it. I, I liked it a lot. Where Homer is. Um, He's been out partying late, and he comes home, and it's Christmas Eve, and he's got to put together bikes, Bart's bike or something, <laughs> and he's struggling with it, and 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 it's just agonizing. And then, you know, Marge is saying, Homer, you know, you shouldn't have been drinking. You're going to fall asleep. Like, no, no, I'm going to finish the bike. I can do it. And he's just, like, swearing his head off, and he's doing it. He's trying to finish the bike. And then suddenly there's this big... And Santa Claus appears in the living room right down the chimney. He goes, Homer, you're trying to... How nice of you to finish the bike for your kids. Why don't you come to the North Pole and I'll do it for you? And it's like, Santa! So he goes off to the North Pole and there's like a little fantasy sequence of him <laughs> dancing and eating, dancing with and also eating gingerbread men and <laughs> getting toys and helping Santa and doing all those wonderful things and he gets the fully completed bike. And then the last panel is Homer fast asleep under the tree with the bike still in pieces. And he's just, oh, like you, Santa and Bart. He's sitting there crying. <laughs> nice. I didn't write that. Yeah, I did. No, you did. I was gonna say I said I didn't write that. Ezra, you did it again. Jesus. What? Soda. Are you kidding me? Ezra, you're gonna be getting 
get relegated to water only. Man, we got to get you a sippy cup next week. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Oh, well. It's just root beer. So that was a... God, it was a long time ago since we wrote that Simpsons thing. I didn't write it. You must have written it. <laughs> I wrote it, but... I got co-credit. I don't know why. Usually when I write shit, I remember what I said. Oh. I think you wrote some of the stuff in there. You were... We did the record albums together. Or yeah, something. the Phil King lyrics, I remember. I yeah, remember, I yeah. remember a couple of things that we did. I just don't remember the Santa story at all. So I think that was I just think a... you probably just wrote that yourself. I think what happened was that it, that occurred to me as a, a quick little idea, and I pitched it yeah. to Bill, and he said, probably. Bill Morrison, and he said, go with it. It was inspired by... here, has he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was inspired by those those little, like, Homer used to have these little flights of fancy on the show, especially in the early series. Like the chocolate world. The land of chocolate. Yeah. That's exactly where it came from, where he's mm -hmm. talking to the German businessman. We are from the land of chocolate. <laughs> mm, the land of chocolate. It's like a, a three-minute cartoon yeah. where he's just off to chocolate land, and then uh, the Germans are angry at him and everything. <sighs> Simpsons versus Family Guy is coming up next week or oh, in yeah. a couple of weeks. And here there's going to be a Simpsons Futurama, right? And That uh, I'm looking forward to. And then the Simpsons-Simpsons crossover, the ultimate crossover. Oh, yeah, that's for uh, Halloween, where the early Simpsons meet the current Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the voices are all going to try to do the original voices as best they can. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, Homer was, Dan Castellaneta was doing Homer like this. And it yeah. was supposed Walter to, Matthau. It was Walter Matthau. Oh, right? that's right, yeah. And I just remember Nancy Cartwright's was really, as Bart was really drawn out like that. At least it's always sounded the same. Yeah, she, Marge, she just used her own voice. voice. Yeah. Marge, they kind of made, Julie Kavner sounds a little younger. And uh, everybody else just, just sort of, you know, fell in. Originally there was another another actor did Mr. Burns. And then Harry Shearer took that over. I, think. I don't even remember Mr. Burns appearing in the originals. It was so long ago. Oh, he didn't appear in the shorts, but he oh. was in the, the Christmas one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was somebody else, wasn't it? Yeah. And Harry Shearer did um, Mr. Smithers still, but he took over Mr. Burns. Yeah, and originally, in some of those early ones, Smithers, I think he was supposed to be black. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, like the first couple. And then I think, I'm not sure <laughs> if it was a mistake or they decided Smithers is going to be a really kind of like an unsympathetic character, at least at first, so maybe we better make him white so it doesn't <laughs> like we have a... African-American yeah. With a few African-Americans on the show. It was also a heel. Yeah. yeah. So they... But, um, yeah, it, you look at some of those early... Like the first five episodes of the show, it was really cartoony and all over mm -hmm. the place. And all the other models for the characters were just, like, really weird. And I kind yeah. of liked it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Klasky Chupa was doing the animation. And I remember after the second or third season... Some of the animation was really hit or miss. There's always sort of like a um, kind of our ramping up period where we're getting a look at the show right. But yeah, they, I think they lost the contract because they weren't entirely happy with what they were doing. But right now, everything is really stiff. You know, like you never see cartoony stuff on The Simpsons. Yeah. It's really, it, it lost it, all the squash and stretch and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, and the characters got much more fully defined and everything. Every once in a while the show really surprises me, but it was interesting reading an interview recently that Matt Groening said, ah, the show should have ended around season seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where, I, where they lost me is when they began having celebrities 
and mm-hmm. and the celebrities were kind of. It was. It's one thing to make fun of a celebrity and to have and to have fun with them, like they do on South Park, where mm-hmm. everybody kind of gets it. But it was almost too much, like reverence for the celebrities, and it really kind of lost me at that point. At that point, it was like the Flintstones when and Mark Rock shows up and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, who can we get on the show this season? I think the lowest point was like Lady Gaga on the show. It's like, okay. It's, Wow. There are other things I can do with my Sunday. Lady Gaga yeah. teaching Lisa lessons in self-esteem. Oh At that goodness. point, I'm just begging, you know, Homer to say, "Come on, boy, jump off the table, and I'll give you a frosty chocolate milkshake." <laughs> Which was like the first or second yeah. one, you know. It's like how, how far removed from that, you know, that they've gotten. So, then again, I'm, I'm watching them like do shows that they've done. In season six, they're redoing. It's the same thing. There, there's like a finite number of stories. But, you know, like I said, like three or four times a season, they, they really pull it out. I can make the same claim about Peanuts. The more yeah. Schultz did it, the more it was just like... Yeah. It, it had lost the edge that it once had. It's like, it doesn't mean anything that Charlie Brown's a loser because there's no place you, you can go with that except to make him win. And You know, how many times can I watch, you know, Snoopy and Woodstock on the on the... On the on the on the birdhouse, or listen to Marcy call Peppermint Patty Sir. That that's all I remember. The last ten years of Peanuts, maybe even longer than that, was it had just become by rote. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of happy that Schultz was still doing it. I guess that it there was every day there would be a new Peanuts cartoon in the strip, but. Uh, mm. uh. Well, he started adding kids and stuff. Other kids, I mean, like didn't Charlie Brown have a little brother at some points? During that, Lucy did. Oh, Lucy did. They they got a little brother named Rerun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then uh, it just it just sort of lost whatever I thought was, was kind of good about it. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. and comics today, I don't even. It's like TV. I don't even think to look in the paper anymore. Occasionally, I used to read Doonesbury fairly often, but I think he's been on vacation for the last six years or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I saw a trailer for Gendy Tartakovsky's uh, Popeye. Yeah. That actually seems kind of fun. He's talking about how there's not going to be a lot of dialogue in it because he wants it to be like cartoony and jokes and gags, physical things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Popeye kind of was originally. Possibly. Um, the models, it's all CG. That's uh, the unfortunate part. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I noticed anything else. I didn't notice any Bluto or Brutus. No. Here's here's my problem with that. I like Gendy an awful lot. I like him mm-hmm. personally. I think he's immensely talented as a yeah. as a director and a creator. Um, my Popeye with my 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 problem my problem with Popeye is that I Popeye with my problem. Yes, <laughs> I understand that he's he wants to harken back to the Fleischer Popeyes and everything yeah. like that, but. For all its flaws and for all its weirdness and for as much as it disappoints me every time I watch it, I still think the Jules Pfeiffer, Robert Altman, Robin Williams Popeye is closer to what I like about Popeye. That was so good. I, I adored that movie as a kid. I, I did too because Pfeiffer went, really went back to the Seeger comic strip. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he used well, Bluto. That's, that's who, what I was thinking. It yeah. needs more the King Syndicate stuff. Like... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the charm of that is, to me, uh, I mean, you read the strips, and the, the daily strips were much more different. The daily strips had their own continuity, mm-hmm. and then the Sunday strips had their own continuity. And usually the Sunday strips were more 
things around town. It was more like Popeye and Wimpy, a lot of Wimpy, you yeah. know, mooching off of people or trying to get free hamburgers. His, his, uh, his ongoing rivalry with Mr. Geisel and everything like and Popeye that. Popeye wasn't even originally like the main focus. No, Cop Popeye was kind of the straight man yeah. for Wimpy's actions. But then the Daily Strip was all adventures. It was all, you know, uh, you know, uh, Bluto only appeared in one long continuity stretch and then he never used him again. But he, he was sort of at that time when the Fleischer Studios were looking at the strip for inspiration. They thought, oh, Bluto, he's a good villain. So yeah. Seeger used him that once and never used him again. But the Sea Hag was a recurring villain, mm -hmm. and the goons and uh, the Jeep and stuff the like Jeep. that. Yeah, the Jeep was I in like the animation. Jeep, yeah, and the Jeep, oh, I hated the Jeep in animation. Oh, really? oh God, I hated it. Because he's like, he's too cute. He's flight. He's floating around in midair, which yeah. he doesn't do because he doesn't fly. He disappears and reappears, and then they have him do that little rap dance at the end after he knock that the other guy gets knocked. I was like going, no, 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 no. This no. Oh God, no. What I did <laughs> like was the way Olive Oil moved. Like she, she's like a, a human rubber band. But mm -hmm. even now, I'm kind of wondering. But you notice, like Popeye looks younger. Yeah. He doesn't have the pipe, mm -hmm. and he has no tattoos. Oh, and these are all things the studio insisted on. He can't smoke. He can never be shown with a pipe. And we don't want kids, you know, getting running out and getting tattoos. Why don't they just castrate him and make him a girl? Yeah, exactly. Oh, just about. But that, that's the thing is like, and, and you look at the strip and you look at the movie that they made. And here, here's my, pro, my fundamental problem with the Popeye musical movie that they made. Mm-hmm. It's too crazy. It's too cartoony. And it's, for one thing, the town the, the town of Sweet Haven that he's in is ramshackle and falling apart. And just and people are like literally holding buildings up. And everybody in it is a clown and a character. Yeah. And I remember when... I remember... They're all pantomime artists. Yeah, I remember like. in college and reading a description of it and, and Altman saying, we sent everybody to, to clown college to, to work out this shtick. And I said, uh oh, that's bad. And you know, you can see it. There's like a guy conducting an orchestra and there's nobody playing instruments or all just going like this. There's a guy mm -hmm. who's constantly kicking his hat down the street. There's a guy who's constantly doing a shtick. Yeah, a barrel roll down the street or something or a pratfall. Yeah, and it's like, well, this is this guy's thing or this guy's always trying to give Olive a present or this is happening or that's happening. And I'm going, it, don't, it won't work. It's too shticky because Popeye should be the most bizarre thing in that world. I always maintain this. You know, you can have other characters be slightly caricatured, but if everybody's doing a shtick, then Popeye becomes a straight man really quick. And, and, and yeah, that's kind of was in that movie too, which is yeah, weird. Yeah, he's the outsider. Yeah, he, even compared to his dad, he was more straight. Yeah, yeah. And Bluto, he gets one punch in it, Bluto. Mm -hmm. One freaking punch, this fist comes out of the ground and it hits Bluto. But then there was some other stuff. You know, I appreciated where they went with it. You know, they had, you know, Sweepy was kind of cute and they yeah. had Wimpy and Geasel. You could never do Geasel now. Yeah. The, it's like they're saying, well, you're making fun of a, of an old Jewish man, you know? It's like, well, it's not clearly specified, although Giesel does kind of, you know, there is something vaguely, Europe, you know, or maybe not so vaguely Eastern European about him, and he hates Wimpy and, you know, he's, mm -hmm. and, and everything. He's always, you know, Wimpy, you should die, you should be killed to death, you know? And so, he's, and, and Wimpy's always taking advantage of him. But that's kind of the charm of it is Wimpy is such a vibrant character in the strip that 
if he has any presence in this movie at all, it'll probably be just walking in and eating hamburgers or something. And and I think that, well, and in defense of Gendy, you know, like I say, I like the guy a lot, and I yeah. and I've liked working with him the few times I've worked with him. It's it, what he showed was not anything connected with the movie. It's mm. not a bit that actually happens in the movie. This was his way of showing how the characters are going to move and and everything like that. So, but uh, I don't know. There's a there's something of Popeye that's of its age, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. That's sort yeah. of like you know when you when you read a classic story like A Tale of Two Cities or uh, Tom Sawyer or something, you. It, we haven't gotten to the point where it's hard to update. That they've kind of. they've rewritten Tom Sawyer yeah. so that it takes place now, and that Tom is calling Huck on his cell phone and yeah, that, and doing stuff it, like that. It wouldn't quite read the same at all, right? So I don't I don't think that you can, it, it harms it to make Popeye look really archaic and have it be sort of of that time, and even to the point of the the violence and everything of mm -hmm. him, you know, you know, fighting Bluto and everything. But it's like if it's for kids, it's it's so watered down, and. Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I I wish them luck with it, but I know it's not going to be the elements of Popeye that I like, either the Fleischer cartoons or the or the strip. I could just I, I saw this and I was going like, they spent a bundle on this. Whereas you look at something like the Mickey Mouse shorts that they're making recently over at Disney, they're like three to six minutes long and they're really nice. And they yeah, even though the design is different from Mickey from the last thirty years or so. It harkens back to the old design, and they, oh, go, yeah. they go radically different with characters like Goofy. He's back to being Dippy Dog again. Yeah, yeah, I know. He had like the sort of plaidish vest, and yeah. uh, and he had a more long face. No pants and a tail, which yeah. is what Dippy originally had in the old cartoons. I mean, yeah, kind of I think that's great. He still reads as Goofy, and he's still funny, and and mm -hmm. then. Those characters are really good. The timing is really terrific on them. The Donald's had the thinner bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was one that was really funny where. Um, they had uh, Ludwig von Drake in it. Ooh, know? nice. Yeah, I mean, and I like the. It's like a. It's a parody of Fantastic Voyage, where they, um, where Goofy and Mickey get shrunk and and, and get sucked up by Donald or, or oh, something. Okay. It, it was really. It was a very well done, uh, cartoon. And then there, there was another one they did during the World Cup, which had Jose Carioca in it. In mm. it. And so every time they use like, they'll 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 rework. Or they'll they'll kind of reinterpret a classic Disney character and throw them in there. It's, that's great. That's always fun. That's always a little bit of a bonus for uh, for watching. But it, it's wherever they put Mickey in, if he's playing himself or he's a slightly different version of him, like they've done ones that were in Tokyo or France or Italy, he still comes off as you know basically who he's supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, and that's one thing where the the style of of the reworking you know kind of works really well but then again mickey has never really had that much to take away from him it's not like he's walked around for years with a pipe like popeye and because that's such a part of popeye's look yeah when you take it away from him he, he doesn't he doesn't look right yeah since he hasn't been in the public eye since day one there was no effort to try to make him more yeah palatable for everyday audiences now right so to drastically do this, it seems like a departure. And he doesn't have to be younger because, you know, the thing was, if he was younger, he wouldn't look like Popeye. The way you get yeah. to look like Popeye is to be a 40-year-old grizzled guy who spent every waking moment out at sea. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like... Eh. I mean, I would love to be proven wrong, 
you know, by by this, and I hope I am. So, but uh, that's my that's my thought about Popeye. I liked it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm actually excited to see it. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, hope so. At least I hope so. You just hope it gets finished. Yeah, I hope it gets finished too. Mm-hmm. And speaking of finished, are, are we? we? Up? Okay. Yeah, I think Bye, so. Everybody. What time are we at here? A uh, lot. About seventy minutes. Oh, great. Okay, we're signing off. And. uh Good job on the. Uh, Thank you. On, I'm on your construction, it looks terrific. I'm yeah, I'm. I'm sure the audience wasn't uh, frustrated or concerned about what was going on at all. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty noisy. <laughs> yeah. And on that note. Pretty noisy. I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Misty. This has been another episode of Radio Rashi. If you've enjoyed this episode, let everyone know by leaving a review in the iTunes store. It's a great way to help others find us. You can also leave comments on RadioRashi.com, Facebook.com forward slash Radio Rashi, or follow us on Twitter at Radio Rashi or at Paul underscore Dini to leave us questions. Thanks for listening and tell your friends. hardly ever order chop suey it's like such an old-fashioned thing that was like when i was a kid all chinese food was chop suey and chow mein well it was all all anybody knew and then it was like szechuan cooking in the u.s and i've never had a chop suey and i'm not a big fan of chow mein no it's so basic I, and it's kind of so wrong compared to the rest of Chinese food, I actually feel kind of wrong ordering it.